You're listening to the Renewing Our City podcast, where we equip you to reach your world. And now your host, Matt Shaw. This is episode 12 of the Renewing Our City podcast, where our goal is to help you reach your world by sharing the gospel message of Jesus and serving others in need. You might be a pastor, church planner, missionary, small group leader, or just somebody that's wanting to share the message of Jesus with a friend. Well, you've came to the right place. We release a show twice a month on the first and the third Mondays, bringing you high-quality interviews with guests from around the world to help you fulfill the Great Commission wherever you are called. Hey, if you're interested in checking out the show notes with helpful links and more information that was mentioned throughout the show, Type in renewingourcity.com forward slash zero one two for episode twelve. Well, hey, since we took such a long break from the podcast, I know I just said this that we were we release on the first and the third Mondays. We're actually be giving you a fresh start and a kickoff to this relaunch with a second episode this week. So we just wanted to give you two episodes this week to give you some fresh content to listen to and get back on track. And again, we are getting excited about what God is doing through this podcast. Two quick things before the interview. Could you head on over to iTunes or wherever you're listening to this podcast and give an honest rating and review? This really, really helps out the show and helps more people get equipped by finding the show on those search engines. Second thing is, just tell a friend. I would greatly appreciate you spreading the word. I know for me, things that I love when I want to talk and share about it, People just love that credibility, and you can share this show with them, and that would just help us out as well, having more people get equipped to reach their world. On to our feature guest, Becky Carpenter with One Day Closer Ministries. Becky has a powerful testimony about how loss of her daughter has truly affected how God has got a hold of her life and her heart. And she's going to tell you her story in this interview, as well as a ton of stuff about how you can grow in your relationship with God. Now, this lady is fun to listen to. I just love what she talks about. She even goes to Cowboy Church. So we're going to be learning about that. We're going to be learning about some other stuff, but she has some great insights, and you're going to probably want to write this down. So without further ado, here's my interview with Becky Carpenter. All right, well, welcome to the show, Becky Carpenter with One Day Closer Ministries. I'm super pumped to have you. Now, we just had to chat a little bit before the show because I haven't benefited as much from your ministry, but my wife has, and many of the women that I've been around in ministry just think you are the bomb.com. They think you are, like, amazing. So thanks for being on the show with me, and uh, just welcome. Oh, I'm excited. I'm, I'm stoked to be here. It's always fun to hang out with the gals, but when I get to see the other half that's pretty exciting too now when we first met you were wondering about your accent so she, she is a, a native texan right born and raised there or well, moved there moved there transplant transplant and i you know i i kind of have a disclaimer at the beginning of speaking and i say look if you need a translator because i do talk in redneckisms <laughs> so sometimes other than the accent there's statements and phrases that are, are a little uh, different in east texas but i think we can work through it if Good. you're up for we're it. All, we're all about uh, foreign people from different <laughs> countries. So this, the great country of Texas, you know, great state of Texas. <laughs> hey, and, it's uh, big enough to be a country. It really is. And uh, so I was even more excited, not just that you're from Texas and uh, born to be a Christian in Texas, right? Everybody's a Christian Absolutely. in Texas. Absolutely. God's uh, country. Really, that you go to what you self-describe as cowboy church. 
I do. I do. Yeah, you do. And so uh, could you explain a little bit about what Cowboy Church is for uh, for the people listening to this audience? Absolutely. Yeah, my home church is Cross Brand Cowboy Church in Tyler, Texas. And uh, we just, it's church for the unchurched. It kind of started with uh, an outreach to reach the Western heritage culture because a lot of our ranchers and farmers and the guys that are out there and the gals out there that's uh, in agriculture, they don't have an opportunity because that's a 24-7 job to get inside the churches. And so, you know, we're all about sharing the gospel outside that stained glass window. And uh, I do have a, a confession. I don't own a horse, but <laughs> I'm pretty, I, I feel I fit in because, you know, we're just real folks with real problems and uh, we, we get in there and we, we struggle life and do life together and uh, praise God through it. And uh, it's been a blessing. It's been a blessing to be a part of a healthy church that is just just sharing the gospel and, and reaching people. And That is cool. I, I think it's really neat with the Cowboy Church just because it's different. And one of the biggest things like most of the guests on this show talk about is contextualization, where we are going to a certain place and trying to act and live like the culture but not be in the world. So not right. a sinful way, but... You know, if you're going to Cowboys and Ranchers, you better be wearing some boots and a, and a hat. <laughs> well, and, uh, yeah, and I, I do I do sport the boots and not necessarily the hat. You know, gals and our hair is kind of a, one of those fashion things. But um, the guys, you know, the, the pastor and, and the leadership team, they are the real ranchers. And we have a phenomenal outreach with our arena events. This past weekend, you know, the uh, they were having a big – PRCA rodeo there in our arena and so we we attract cool. a lot of local secular never stepped in a church kind of events and that is just a huge opportunity just to share the gospel from the saddle of a horse that is so cool <laughs> man well maybe I'll have to get down there and see cowboy church one time my brother lives in Wyoming and they they have a similar circumstance yeah. but it's just co- so cool to see you guys uh you know going to church there but also you have a ministry one day closer ministries and I just wanted to start out and ask the question, how, how'd you get here? How'd you become a, a motivational speaker, a founder of a, of a nonprofit ministry? Where, what, what did God bring you to get to where you are today? Well, that's a, you know, it's, it's, it's an interesting journey. It actually started five years ago in 2011. Now, uh, just a little glimpse into my history. I've been an educator for 25 years, high school teacher, uh, administrator, a principal, all of those titles, and certainly education is a is a love of mine. Working with teenagers, but um, in 2011, everything kind of stopped, and God got my attention when uh, the unexpected happened. And at our school, we we have a lot of extracurricular activities, and one of the perks of being an administrator is to go on the activities with the kids. And I am the proud mother of two beautiful girls. And in 2011, my oldest daughter was off at college, Texas A&M, for any of you Aggies out there. And my youngest daughter was a sophomore at the time. And she was the cool kid on campus because, you know, she got to hang out in the principal's office. But most of the time she had a discipline referral in her hand. <laughs> but uh, she she was quite the, the jokester and um, got into a lot of trouble. But one of the things she asked me on that day, she's like, Mom, she was very involved in FFA, Future Farmers of America, and, and did um, show cattle, and she was involved in the ag mechanics, which was welding, and she did that because she didn't want to uh, 
let the boys outdo the girls. And so if boys can weld, she can weld. And they were going on a trip that day in February of 2011. And she asked me, she said, Mom, I don't want you to go. I can make this trip on my own. And then so I let her, you know, and later that afternoon, the, the phone rang in the office and it was uh, letting us know that the students had been in a terrible wreck. And there was six students involved in that in that accident and one fatality. And that fatality was my daughter, Skylar, who was 15 at the time. And that was the moment that ignited what One Day Closer Ministries is now. So that, that was how it originated. The, the term One Day Closer started out really as my prayer, just uh, getting through those long nights. And God's hand was so visible from the phone call all the way through to the drive to the scene and, uh, you know, walking up and, and seeing this chaos. He let me know from that moment he's not a God of chaos and that he was in control, mm-hmm. and that he was there with me. And I felt it just in on, on a profound level. Even though I've known the Lord since the age of 19, I didn't really grasp and get changed when I accepted him as my Savior at the age of 19. So it wasn't when the light hit me. It was when the dark hit me mm. did he get my attention because everything stops. Even in the loudness of that chaos, it is it's almost a deafening silence and you begin to tune in to your faith in the holy spirit so one day closer was a a prayer every morning for months it was thank you jesus for bringing me one day closer to that reunion with my daughter and as i continued on the journey of uh I, was, I continued to be an educator for uh, three more years after 2011, but he put me really quickly. I found out that we're given, as, as Christians, as followers of Jesus, we're given two choices when tragedy hits our, our home. You're either given the choice to withdraw or to invite others to walk with you. And as disciples of Jesus, we're called to do that. And he filled me so much, I could not... I could not call myself a follower of Christ if I didn't allow what he was doing in my life to spill out to others. And I'm thankful that I made that choice because it's easy when your emotions get involved to withdraw. And um, so as, as he's growing me and, and through the, through this tragedy, it's really allowed me to see that it's not really one day closer with that reunion with Skylar. It is one day closer, but it's one day closer for me to become the person he needs me to be now for the kingdom. Because ultimately, I was worried about just getting into the kingdom as a Christian. Mm -hmm. When it should be every day, it should be about getting the kingdom into us. And we live like we are truly aliens on this planet, and this is temporary, because that's what Scripture tells us. So when we start shifting our own personal perspective, you can cope with that loss because she's not in my past she's in my future so that's the birthing of one day closer ministries wow that's a really cool story thanks for sharing that i know you speak a lot on that topic but i'm sure it doesn't get easier to tell that story every time you know to an audience and i know a lot of women can relate we uh 
you know, we just had this women's retreat here at our church, and uh, just hearing the stories of uh, I've lost a family member, or a daughter, or a child, and how that's that that horrible incident ha- that happened really has allowed you to speak into women's life at a at a deeper level and uh, more relatability with them. Right. And I think women, you know, I certainly can't speak for you because I'm not a man, but I think women, we we like to act like everything's fine, and especially those of us that are involved in the church. Yeah, guys never yeah. act like everything's fine. Yeah, no, no y'all just, y'all are emotional. Human nature thing. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, you know, we get really busy as Christian women making sure that we're active in church activities, and we're... Yeah. You know, we're going to do the the dinners and the fundraisers, and we're going to teach the Sunday school classes, and we're going to do all those things. And I did all those things, and I checked all those boxes, and I I realized Jesus got my attention. You know, and it's like it's it's not about running to church; it's about running to me. And when you put me as your number one priority at the foot of the cross, just like Psalms ninety one, I mean, He is our refuge. And when you're in the middle of a storm, you have to seek that is a choice you have to seek him as a choice and that's how I'm vertical and that's how I'm able to stand in front of other women and say look I've been where you are and yes I've been a Christian for years but I didn't get how powerful his presence is because I wasn't seeking him the way I should have been I'm I can honestly say and I'm not proud of about it very involved in it in in our churches through the years and many times I would just open my Bible to prepare for the Sunday school lesson I was going to teach mm. instead of, you know, filling myself up with his word that he wants to communicate to me because it is active and alive. So I'm still under construction, <laughs> and yeah. that's what I want the women to know. I'm still figuring yeah. it out. But as I stumble and tumble, I- I'll share it. I try to be transparent, and I think that's what we need. We need transparency in our churches because if we're Christians trying to make disciples of others, we can't do that if they're not drawn to our authenticity. Yeah. And uh, again, I don't have it all figured out, but I know a book that sure has helped me try to figure it out. Yeah, I think so many ministry leaders, even myself, we all struggle with that of working in the ministry, not yes. you know on ourselves or on the ministry where we are know praying and fasting and do those very things that we would recommend for other people to do and and focus so much on getting other people to do that and it can be emotionally and physically depleting for so many ministry leaders how how would you you know encourage ministry leaders or, or just christians in general to really get back on track with reading the word and and doing the very things that you did does it take a crisis or can they can they do it without that I think absolutely they can do it without a crisis. And as as emo- as emotional beings as women are, I I wish I rewind I could rewind the clock and fix all of the times that I missed opportunities to do that. And through much prayer, you know, it's like I now do this, and this is kind of uh, scary but powerful. I I pray. I'm like Lord. I want you to wake me up early so I can spend time with you. Don't let me hit that snooze. Mm-hmm. And he does. I'm up. Usually my feet are on the floor by 4.30 in the morning. Now, that somewhat drives me crazy if I'm just being honest, but I feel refreshed. 
you know, so I'm leaning into him to get me out of the bed, to get in the word before my crazy day of taking care of the family starts or my commitments or my calendar or any of those things that we have to do life, you know. So it, it's a discipline, but it's still asking him to help us because he didn't just carry the cross. He's carrying us. Hmm. And we sometimes forget that if we're in the ministry field. We can't continue to spill out unless we fill up, you know. Yeah. So we have to do that. And I think that's a prevention of burnout because a lot of folks that I know that are in ministry, they are they are so passionate about being in ministry, but to the point where they're throwing themselves in so many different areas of it, they're not getting their self filled up. And it's filling for me to come to conferences and, and talk to women and then hear the feedback because then it's like high-fiving God, you know? Yeah. It's like, wow, I didn't know that I said that, which <laughs> totally means I didn't. You know, the Lord said it because yeah. the Holy Spirit worked it out as it got out of my twangy voice and planted <laughs> planted in their heart. He fixed it. He edited it. <laughs> so uh, I just I just say you have to lean on the Lord to, to allot that time. And I love it in the morning because that, kind of starts the day and regardless of how crazy your to-do list is if you start with him you're calm through that to-do list and it becomes a habit and it's a good habit and you know talking to him goodness talking to him keeps you uh, in that in that direct communication but he talks to us through his word and there is power in the word and I always knew that but I didn't live it and now it's my medicine I have to wow. hear from him or I could get really sucked into the vortex of emotions and that's sadness and that loneliness. And, um, you know, we know as believers that we're fighting the enemy every day. And we have to recognize that to stay healthy in our armor, we have to stay in the word. You know, that is, that is the sword. We've got to get, we've got to get ourselves in it, whatever it takes. And I was, I was chatting with my friend at the conference this weekend, and I said, you know, what, what is a good example, I think, for women is if our kids have to be at a soccer game early, we set our alarm, we get there, and we get our kids there. If our husbands say, hey, let's go for a weekend away, but we got to catch a flight, so we got to get up at 3 a.m. to go catch that flight. We don't even hesitate to do that. But are we guilty of saying, I can't get up an extra hour to spend time with my Savior. And again, I'm speaking in the mirror because I was that person. Yeah, I just know what it does to you and to your spirit and to my broken heart, and I need that medicine, and that's him, all of him, all the time. That John 15, you know, he is the vine, stay connected. Um, it's real. Those aren't just shallow words, and we got to live it. And we begin to live it as ministers and deliverers and disciples of the gospel. We get it, and we become powerful, and we we begin to um, talk to people on a different level. But they know you're real. They're like, "What?" You know, because you're saying, "Look, I'm jacked up." That's a Texas term. Y'all yeah. use that here in Iowa. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm jacked up. I'm under construction. I don't have it figured out. These are the things I've messed up in the decades I've been a Christian. But here's the steps I've taken that kind of work, and it's it's really kind of simple. But uh, no, I think authenticity is so powerful, and 
when we can uh, uh, when we can walk beside people and see that people in ministry are uh, the same, but we're 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 striving and doing the very same things we're asking them to do. Mm. I think that brings a lot of accountability and credibility to to the Lord's transformational work in their life. I was just talking to a couple after church today. And they have gone to every class, every marriage class, and every they mm-hmm. could teach anything, and they're just still struggling. And I said, "You guys have to just start teaching other people this and walking alongside of them because you're just addicted to constantly learning about it, and they're never doing it." And I think a lot of us want to set up Bible reading programs, and I'm going to make my prayer lists, and we we talk about the prayer requests, and then we never actually get down and do it or we're so focused on the ministry, it's just, it's it's Satan's way of getting a wedge in and not focusing on those biblical disciplines that we want to do. Absolutely. But, you know, I try to tell ministry leaders especially, if they're, if they're guilty of that, that's kind of a good place to be because my experience in this journey is if Satan's not attacking you, yeah, he's content with where you are. So we got to figure out how to be that warrior for Christ, you know. We and, and the only really the only way Satan can win is if we if we if we think that he does not exist. Mm. That's the only way he can win, because we are followers of Christ and he has no authority over us. So if he is attacking us, that's a good sign. That means he's trying to make us stumble because God's doing some work through us. So. Uh, so, so you, you know, losing your daughter, and that I would say that's a good segue into you being attacked, you, uh, you know, having a crisis situation that's going to affect your entire rest of life here on earth, right? And uh, you're you're doing all these things, you know, with ministry, but people having crisis situation, it seems like it just takes them out, or it just it really just can wreck people that have a call of ministry on their life. They get fired from a church. They get. Uh, their their marriage is struggling. They they feel mm-hmm. like they're it's too big for them to push through that and minister through that. Use get that experience for their ministry so that they can help other people. It's it seems like you really got through that and with Christ partnered with mm-hmm. him and have been able to bless other people. What would you say to to people that are in that circumstance? Maybe they feel disqualified or or, yeah. or not empowered to minister the way God wants them to. Well, and it's interesting that you use the word the crisis may be too big um, because if you're an outsider looking in on my crisis, I think that would be one. You know, the fire is pretty hot when you have to arrive at a, a accident scene and you find out that your child was killed in it, not just killed, but killed violently yeah. um, through the rollover and being ejected from the vehicle. But as big as that was, God showed up so big that day for me. From the time I got into my vehicle at the school and clenching my steering wheel and I turned my car on, I always listen to Christian radio because I truly believe because of the world we live in, you have to saturate yourself with reminders of the gospel. And, you know, logically speaking, you can't read your Bible 24 hours a day. Mm-hmm. So you, you surround yourself with that Christian reminder, which is, you know, for me, it's Christian music. And when I turned on the car to head to the scene and I said, Lord, I don't know what to do. I can't do this. As soon as I turned the car on, on the radio, a Christian song came on. It was called Light Up the Sky. Interesting enough, that was my daughter's favorite Christian song. 
and the lyrics that played that at that moment was light, light, light up the sky, light up the sky, know that I am with you. Mm-hmm. And that literally, although I don't have a lot of memory of that day and that drive, I remember that wow. powerfully. I remember driving to the scene without even knowledge of how I got there. It was about 45-minute drive, except I remember this bright light that kind of guided my car there. Ironically, no coincidences, weeks after I had strangers sending me Facebook messages of who they were going down the interstate and they saw this bright light exactly where the wreck was because it was very publicized. The media was all over it because obviously it was a school accident with the helicopters and the media and things. And when I get to the scene, as I as I drive up through all the cars and I and I see this 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 entire scene of chaos and um, debris and helicopters are there, emergency vehicles are there, and as I try to get out of the car, as, as loud as I am audible to you in my spirit, I hear these two words: "I'm here." And so, as big as that scene was and this tragedy is in my life. I will never forget how big he was that day, but his bigness has shined every day for the last five years, and I think I just was too busy to see it. I think we as Christians are too busy to see his bigness and his presence, so even though all those years I didn't take the time to worship and praise and seek, seek him, he was right there for me. So I saw and I felt how big he was from the very beginning, and I thank him for that every single day because had he not, had I been so cluttered at that moment, but I don't see how you can be cluttered when all that busyness turns off and all the static on your radio dial becomes pointing towards him. And so for people who may have suffered a big crisis like that or a circumstance, and you're already gone through it, and maybe you're leaning the wrong direction, I think that's just Satan pulling on you on that direction. And so my advice or recommendation is battle back. And you battle back with the four tools that I use, and that's getting in his word, number one, because he is there to talk to us. Number two, talk to him through prayer. Number three, surround yourself with Christian brothers and sisters that will build you up and hold you accountable, but build you up. And then the fourth thing, and it's powerful, and I don't know that we preach on it enough, and that is praise. Because if you are, you've got two choices. We either focus on him and what he did on the cross, or we focus on the storm that we're in the middle of. If you seek him through praise, and you are praising him, all your focus is pointed on the cross, and you are walking away from the storm because Satan wants to keep us where the storm is. We don't even have to work to be there. It's happened. We're in the middle of it. So we have to work at, and it's a choice. And when we, when we read Scripture, and it says we have to love the Lord our God with all our heart, and all our soul, and all our mind, and all our strength to get stronger, you can't just sit there. We, you know, he's given us the gift of free will, and we have to choose to work to stay in his presence. And that, if you, if you do those four things, and that fourth one, that praise, if you're praising him, 
you don't have time to focus on you. My life verse um, that has really probably changed me so much is John 3.30. He must increase, but I must, in, my, I must decrease. So if he truly has increased, I am focused on him. If I'm decreasing, that means I'm staying away from my emotions because those can be dangerous. You know, when, when you think about when we get sad or angry or bitter or we're in despair, those emotions can be dangerous and the outcomes can be dangerous, and that's exactly where Satan wants us. So to brothers and sisters in Christ that think their despair, think their storm is too big, they got to get up. We have too much to do for the kingdom. You got to get up. And we're supposed to be kingdom builders. And we can't waller in our own self pity because that means we don't believe what he did on the cross. I know that's maybe hard to hear, but if we believe it, we better be living it. Yeah. So I, I love that with adding praise because I do think we focus on, you know, accountability, community, Bible, mm-hmm. you know, prayer, fellowship, those type of things. Um, Praise is important, and I think we do a lot um, through praise music where we're singing in the service, but how would you encourage people to to focus on praise, maybe some techniques or ways that you've taught women how to praise, because it's not natural for us. A lot of times we we don't know how to, we, we, you know, Lord, we thank you, or we, you know, we say things, but how do they praise? What would they do? Well, for me, you know, this may this is the Becky technique. I don't know if it's patented or anything, but um, <laughs> almost everything it is now. <laughs> it is now, right? <laughs> almost everything that I see and I do during a day that is just really cool. It's like immediately I'm like, oh, praise God! Hmm. You know, it's just keeping my thoughts on things above, not yeah. on earthly things. Yeah, you know, we fix our eyes on things above. And so, it, you know, it may be like, hey, let's go through Starbucks, and the person in front of me paid for my coffee. Well, praise God, yeah. you know? And so praise in worship with music is powerful. I love, you know, I, I'll be crying and just lifting my hands and get all, uh, you know, charismatic, and I love that because that's who I am now for the Lord. But I think praise can be simple. I think we make things complicated as humans, you know? I think prayer is simple. My, my most common prayer, especially in the early years of the journey, was help me. Mm. Help me, Jesus. You know, it doesn't have to be scripted. He, he's our daddy. You know, he's the boss of our life. Talk to him. And so I say praising is just recognizing his presence in everything. Little things, you know, and just vocalize it. Make it audible. You know, if somebody comes up to you and gives you a hug and you say, how's your day? And they'll say, well, I'm feeling so much better. You know, you know that they've had an illness. Well, we praise God, you know, just little things like that. Just recognizing him in every aspect of our life because we're his children. So I tell women, don't forget to just praise. And as you begin to do that, it becomes a habit. Yeah. And so you're focusing on him. You're doing that John 330. He's increased and you've decreased. You know, he's become greater. You've become less. And when you become less, your storms become less. Yeah, it's kind of like the pray without ceasing. We're, we're, we're having an attitude of prayer. We're, we're lifting things up to him, and mm-hmm. we can ask for stuff a lot, like, Lord, help me with this or that. But praise could be the same way where 
a blessing happens and lord thank you for this and mm-hmm. it was making me think uh, when you said that like at night you know you're teaching your kids how to pray and liam my son's three so Oh. he's finally just like not you know going i don't know what to say mm-hmm. and he he's talking you know trying to pray to jesus and one thing we always you know do is let's just list things we're thankful for so then you start listing family members and he's going down and you know thank you for grandma and thank you for grandpa and thank you for my other grandma and thank you for my other grandpa and my brother you know or my sister and you know my uncles and you go through everybody that he knows and it's kind of funny because that's like childlike faith of right uh, just thankful and praise yes. God for all this stuff. It seems funny because it's like for three-year-olds, but our life should be that way, our attitude. And it's going to make people more encouraging, more encouraged, more positive. They're going to see the glasses half full yep. type of thing. And yeah. I, I think praise is so important. Yeah. Now, now, is there any way to praise with you know, their body or their actions. You, you mentioned charismatic. Not everybody's, <laughs> you know, a hardcore Pentecostal yeah. on this show. We've had some Assembly of God. We've had some other people that are, are a little bit, you know, charismatic is, um, no, you we know, can't get too charismatic. Tapping their, tapping their uh, hand on their leg. You know, that might be yep. uh, getting charismatic. But what do you mean by that with, you know, uh, praising with music? I, I, you know, really, that's probably not the best word. I just think uninhibited. You yeah. know, whatever you're feeling, emotions can be bad but they can also be amazing and so you embrace that because the holy spirit is pretty powerful we got to recognize that he is part of the trinity you know and he is with us i mean jesus is our savior but he's up there at the right hand of god the holy spirit's with us and so if you're just feeling some emotions it's all about that moment and embrace that that moment because i think i think god just uh he just has a big grin when he sees us uninhibited and not worried about what the person to our left or to our right is and um i don't know you know when you far when you go to foreign countries and you see other cultures and they have that uninhibited worship Mm. that is powerful and praise is powerful and it keeps us focused on him and um i don't think there's a there's a check-off list on whether you should raise your hands like you said people may be comfortable tapping their leg whatever it is that you're led to do just don't check up don't check up just be you and you know sometimes I have to check up on things I say because you know with my redneckisms things come out sometimes <laughs> and so I, I need a filter but you know I say father filter this please and he does a pretty good job but um, I think praise is just powerful and I think you just embrace what the Holy Spirit's doing in your life and in your heart at that moment and if it's raising the hands great if it's crying you know great um, and men are okay to cry too, so be sure you know that. <laughs> well, I know that I know that sometimes uh, some of the biggest tough guys mm. are, uh, you know, uh, surrender to Christ, and it's going to be emotional, and Absolutely. they're not ashamed of it. Some of those guys, uh, we need to we need to cry over our sin. We need to be yeah. so joyful yes. for the Lord, and He made us as physical beings, and we need to worship Him and. Uh, with our our mind and our body so i just think that's really cool and it's not about a a method as much as an attitude of praise right just going after him with everything we got absolutely tell me tell me the one thing that uh you have learned from being a motivational traveling speaker what's what's the main thing what's one i'm sure you've learned a ton but what's one of the main things you've learned i think it's people want to see that you're real I think they begin to listen attentively if they see 
that you're real and that you are okay and transparent to admit how broken you really are. Because a lot of, especially in, because of my tragedy, there's no uh, harder thing for a, for a mom than to be separated from her child. And so I do tell the, the women the struggles I have, you know, the struggles that she's not in the bedroom next to our bedroom, the struggles that we'll never have another Christmas family photo where she'll be in it. I, I share that with them because that's who I am. And so to, to motivate someone else to understand how powerful God is and that there really is a hope in front of us, they have, they have to know that you're real. You know, I'm not some um, perfect teacup that has all of the pieces. There's a lot of cracks in it. You know, there's a lot of uh, chips. He is really chipped away. And he's teaching me. So even though I was a teacher for 25 years, I'm now his student, and I still have a lot to learn. But to motivate someone else, they have to know you're real, and they have to know that you understand brokenness on the level that they are possibly experiencing it. And they may not be experiencing grief like I am, but they their brokenness may be an addiction, or it could be a depression or it could be an illness. You know, there's just so much that falls under that umbrella of brokenness. But brokenness isn't necessarily a bad thing because when we become broken, we become dependent. So then it becomes natural to seek his presence because you're dependent on him. You're dependent on something. And I pray that you're falling forward. You're living forward. You're loving forward. And that's it's the perspective shift. You have to choose that because you're already where you can be in the pit and you can be paralyzed, and that's where Satan wants you. So it's okay to grieve. You grieve forward. It's okay to be sad, but you be sad forward, and, and you're working at it. And when you work at it, that's all he wants from us because he's there. He's present, and you got to you got to reach for his hand because it's out but it's a choice yeah i think that's i think that's really crucial for me it's it's like you're just <laughs> you're trying to uh, be authentic but a lot of times it's hard in ministry even with people that have been christians a while like thoughts start going through your head like oh if they know who i really am you know mm. if they know the dark night of my soul they would mm. never accept me that they would reject me i couldn't be their pastor or, or a speaker and, uh, uh, you know, they don't feel safe. Right. Uh, is there layers that people should be authentic? Like, should you just get up and, and dump all your baggage on everybody? Or is it, or is it you know, letting them know you're real and then having other people uh, feel more safe where you should go to? What's that level of, of transparency and with right. you? Well, you know, obviously I think there, you got to use some common sense there and, and you can't spill out all your junk on the table yeah. <laughs> because you might scare people off. Yeah. But, you know, to be healthy, you have to rely on your brothers and sisters in Christ who are your support group, your circle, uh, those that hold you accountable. Um, but I would, to answer that question, yes, there's absolutely layers. But the layers that they you need to share with others that you're trying to lead to Christ or to encourage to stay in his presence you can go pretty deep, and they expect that out of you. Um, 
and you need to have some of those layers peeled back because I also think that's a healthy healing for you and for me to share it in, in that level of capacity, not all the way down to the, you know, to the deep, dark core, yeah. because then you may have uh, made the message stumble. Mm. And I think you have to seek the Holy Spirit to know just how deep that is. Um, but I, I do think we, too often, we don't even peel a layer as leaders in the gospel. And that makes others question that authenticity. Uh, you, they can't see you as perfect. We don't have to be perfect, but we do have to be purposeful. And I like to share that because God just wants us to try and seek. And when we get begin to seek, we begin to see. Yeah, definitely. Uh, with with people that are transparent, and maybe they're in a church that it's that's not their culture. They need to be the the perfect preacher, the perfect pastor's wife, the perfect mm-hmm. uh, you know elder or just mom. Like if mm-hmm. if anybody knows, and truly they are judgmental, and they don't mm-hmm. you know they don't get it. They don't understand that. We're on, on ongoing sanctification. We've been justified in Christ, but not we're not arrived yet. We're not we're not in heaven in the perfection of Christ. But how how could you, uh, you know, what would you say to somebody that's in that circumstance, saying uh, trying to lead a church towards more transparency? Well, I don't. The only thing I know is what has worked for me, and that is to uh, even if you, you can't appear to be perfect because nobody is so if you're going to lead a church you've got to show some of that you've got to show some of your your pain you've got to share that you've got to show those emotions um, even if it's a church that has been known to be perfect I have had the the privilege and the honor to speak in churches that were pretty tight spiritually um, and when you start just laying it out there and, and sharing you see the Holy Spirit work in those people that appear to be perfect, and all of a sudden those layers come off because they've seen some of your layers come off. So to speak into those those church leaders that are in an environment that kind of expects that perfection, that's not what Jesus says. Yeah. So we can't we can't live like that because we're not perfect. We are so speaking in the mirror imperfect. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, I think it's I think it's just difficult, and I know for me, uh, I get to coach a lot of small group leaders, hmm. and they're they're constantly dealing with the group not going deep. Like I'll ask a question, and mm-hmm. it's it's always the same people answering, or you know, certain people kind of dump everything, but other people you just can't crack them. And hmm. I try to coach them like they're going to go as deep as you go. So that's if, right. If you answer the question surfacey and you want them to go deep it's just they're going to go as deep as you so because there's a level of trust you know yeah somebody's not going to share something with us if they don't trust that you even remotely could relate to that so it's like we are chameleon christians you know we're running around and we're kind of conformed to those we're around if our leaders are appearing to be perfect we're going to appear to be perfect because that's what we're supposed to do we're supposed to put our sunday school clothes on and everything's great, and then on our drive to church, we're slapping our kids, and y'all sit up straight (laughs) and get your peanut butter off your cheek because we're walking into church, and then everything's great when we know it's not great. Yeah. So 
yeah, you're 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 in the swinging in the back seat yes. after your kids, and then you see somebody driving by, and you start smiling. And the kids wave. And yeah, yeah. Everything's good. And uh, what would uh, what would you say that for people that are uh, that are are working towards a ministry like yours? So you travel and speak all around the country, uh, internationally as well. How, how do people? How do people? You right? Yes, yes. She's yes. giving me some looks here, but international. <laughs> that sounds speaker, a little weird for me, but it's she's okay. a she's she's big time, Becky, right here. But uh, I'm I I know that you have a lot to add, and, and you know this is fairly recently. How how could people that feel called to speak or have a message just get their foot in the door? What what are some ways that you just started your ministry and and got to where you are today? You know, and it's it's hard to imagine the places God has allowed me to go and to share um, because most of it really has been just on accident, even though we know there's no accidents and there are no coincidences, but he's placed me in, in the lives of other people. And even if it's an informal sharing of the testimony, they're like, Hey, do you speak? Um, My original speaking right after the wreck occurred, I think as a, as a result of uh, the Holy Spirit just moving me and sharing at my daughter's celebration service. And I have no memory of that. I know that people's lives were changed that day. They came to know the Lord. The church held. At that time, we we went to a a large Baptist church there in our community, and uh, that church held a 1,000 people, and there were it was packed, and there were people outside because, again, it was a very publicized event. But... um, you know, the Lord has, I guess, Becky's interpretation is prepped me through the years for what he has me doing right now. And through that message and people going and telling other people and people going and telling other people, there's not really been a seeking on my part. As a matter of fact, I'm kind of like kicking and screaming, saying, Lord, this makes me nervous and I don't know that I'm, I can do this. And he keeps reminding me through really godly people that you know what you got to get out there and so um, it started accelerating I guess he had me on on the battlefield pretty early teach or speaking and talking to youth groups and then that led to regular church congregations and then that led to specific outreaches I've I've spoken to everything from um, recovery groups of addictions and, and sexual addictions and all kinds of groups like that to cancer support groups to obviously grief support groups. But I, I really feel um, comfortable and called towards women because I think the ladies have so much on their plate. And, you know, last time I checked, I can relate to women. So uh, <laughs> that, that seems to be where he's placed me. But I... One of the things, one of the messages that my daughter, Skylar, told her friends, and I did not know this until after the wreck, was, God's going to use you. I hope he can use me, too. I want to change the world. And that message really resonated in our spirit. And so our family, myself, my husband, and Skylar's older sister, Shelby, the summer after the wreck, we went on our first mission trip to Guatemala. And there, the opportunity just opened to share at um, an orphanage with the kids and then that led it to sharing with adults that was on the trip some of the missionaries and then they went back from all different states and started talking to their congregations so that led me to their churches 
And so a lot of it has just been God placing me in the right place at the right time, surrounded with people from outside of the state of Texas. And uh, that's put me in the countries of Guatemala, Haiti, Honduras, sharing the gospel, and uh, just returned from sharing with the Navajo Native Americans out of Arizona. For some reason, I'm here in the cornfields of Iowa, and <laughs> he's put me in, you know, Michigan and Oregon and Ohio. So um, we don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. I just go. You know, I'm like, Lord, if you still want to oh, use you me. Know. you know. So and about the time working. I say, yeah, I don't have anything for this month, you know, the phone calls come in. and So we're just going to go and share and do uh, until he says. Well, you're very humble because I know that, you know, networking and and, and getting out there and speaking what i heard from you is when god provided an opportunity you stepped up to the plate and yeah. and you spoke and shared your message many people are fearful to get up and talk they think everything i gotta be a perfect speaker i mm-hmm. gotta be on the big stage and you spent a lot of time speaking wherever mm-hmm. god opened that door right and i think he's blessing you because of that and uh you're really humble Aww. it seems like that it seems like um, in the future, you know, you're, we're going to talk a little bit about this, how people can connect with you. You're starting a scholarship fund. You're having other partnerships with ministry. God's really using you in a big way. And I want to end with some rapid fire questions. I love these. Oh, my. And uh, let, me, uh, let me get these can situated be quick, in my seat uh, here. Quick questions. But uh, the first one is uh, you can give a shout out. Who is a mentor that you've had? Maybe you know them. Maybe they you don't know them. Maybe you've seen them online or read them in a book. But who would somebody that you said has been a mentor to you, and maybe what's one thing they've taught you? Okay, so the first person would be a great-grandmother who passed away just a couple years ago at the age mm-hmm. of 94, but she read the Word every single day for 70-plus years and um, had passages memorized to the day she took her last breath, and that was our little Meemaw, and she was she was my spiritual mentor. Awesome. But now there are celebrity kind of mentors that are great Bible teachers. You know, your old school David Jeremiah's yeah. and your Adrian Rogers and those guys. <laughs> I still listen to them, you know. There's good young ones too. But Every time I ask it, it seems like there's there's somebody that's an unknown person that's just directly impacted, like, like your grand, great-grandma or grandma. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think a lot of us glean from information, but that person that is just the faithful believer. Yes. Nobody internationally knows them. They're not famous, but nope. they're famous in God's eyes for, for speaking into your life. Yep. Okay, what's a book that you've most recommended that's not the Bible? Oh, that's you love not the a- You love the Word, but is is there a book that, that, uh, that you would recommend to people that you've given away or gifted to uh, well, people? Well, you know, I love Randy Alcorn's Heaven book. Yeah, it's that's a, a great it's a one. It's a big book, but man, you know, that kind of focuses us on our destination, so I love that book. Awesome. Good good recommendation. Okay, if you could give yourself your 20-year-old self oh my. a little while ago. No, I'm just... Was that got, pre-Jesus? Got, uh, no, that wasn't pre-Jesus. How old's uh, Shelby in her 30s? Shelby is 24. She's, tw- she's only 24? Yeah, really? she's 24. That makes oh. me, what, 29? You're, no. 20, you're a little bit older. <laughs> but uh, if you could give yourself your 20-year-old self advice, if you, if you could, what would it be? Becky, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I enjoyed life. Um, thankful for grace. Um, thankful for my husband, David. I've been married 27 years, and awesome. he led me to the Lord at the age of 19. So he 
he changed missionary me. dating we call that right missionary dating yeah and you know you it's funny i thought about him when you were talking about men showing their emotions he's six two you know he's a big guy and in corporate america and he can share with other men and just not afraid to cry and show emotions but he loves the lord and my advice to any young woman listening is find a man who loves the lord first that's awesome yep and he has a job. And he has a job. Okay, here's another one. <laughs> he has to support me. I'm, you know, I'm in ministry work. Uh, so, who would be a favorite Bible character? Oh my goodness, I. You can say Jesus because he is our favorite. But yeah, bes- I'll, I'll have who, to say Paul. You know, I'll kind of relate to him. Yeah, so standard, Paul. Everybody. <laughs> wrote, wrote Peter. Most, most I might of the be New a Peter. Testament, you know. I might be a Peter. I'm probably not a Timothy. Go ahead. Not Ruth or Esther. Those are kind of the. You the, know they. If I said that, I would be a typical female, and most people that know me say she's something different. <laughs> Paul is a great answer. I like Peter, too. He didn't do much writing, but you know, Mark and those guys wrote it for him. But uh, All right, last one. Uh, what was the most embarrassing thing that has ever happened to you in your ministry? We've in- had some great ones, so I really expect a lot from you. Most embarrassing thing that's happened to you in ministry? I tend to say things. You know, in Texas, you can have it loaded locked cocked and shot and you can't get it back and that's my mouth yeah sometimes i just say things from the stage with the mic on that i go did i just really say that so uh i don't know that anything specific because i do that a lot you know i'm i say funny stuff i'm you know i say things like i love you more than (laughs) (laughs) i love Uh you with all my butt you know, because it's bigger than my heart. You know, I'll say things like that on microphones. and That doesn't embarrass you, though, does it? That's it, just. I, you know, I don't really get embarrassed. I just kind of go, wow, I probably shouldn't have said that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's where. <laughs> what do they say? The, the tongue is like a small little rudder on a boat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And my husband calls me sassy and salty. And so that just means I may be small frame, but, you know, watch what she says. She's kind of salty, so. Awesome. You know, in Texas, we're all concealed gun carriers, too, so <laughs> <laughs> she might go off the handle at any moment, you know. Well, that's awesome. Uh, I'm uh, not going to mess with you now, but uh, I know you're packing. But, <laughs> I didn't uh, bring my Glock. It's in the it's in the luggage. She flew here, so it's in the <laughs> luggage. And Well, Becky, thank you so much for being on the show with uh, One Day Closer Ministries. We just uh, will fun. ask people to be praying for your ministry, and just thanks for sharing your story. I want to just ask, how could people connect with you and, uh, and where they could get more information about your ministry? Yeah, uh, we do have a website. It's onedaycloser.net, onedaycloser.net, and we have a ministry website. Uh, Facebook page, which is One Day Closer Ministries. So you can find that us on Facebook or on the website. The website has contact information, email addresses, and things like that. And, um, you know, there are One Day Closer means a lot to a lot of different people. We have a lot of One Day Closer merchandise that we're getting, and, and all of those proceeds go towards field missions, building homes in Haiti, and, and things that get opportunities to get physical needs met so that we can get the spiritual gospel out there so yeah one day closer.net great well thank you so much for being on the show and encouraging us in this this podcast it's been fun thank you so much Wow, Becky's heart for helping people grow in Christ has had such an impact on me, and I'm just so pumped that you got to listen to this interview. I think just hearing how many people have been impacted by her story 
is just amazing. And the, the message and the, the heartbreak she's been to, but also just how passionate she is on the spiritual disciplines, growing in Christ, just all that type of stuff has really made an impact, I know, on my wife, on others from our church, and really our women's ministry at our church has been launched by some of the passion that Becky has brought to the table, and we've really seen an increase in women and others just growing in God and being passionate about that. Well, just a few things to wrap up the show. Head on over to iTunes or Google Play and hit subscribe to the podcast. That way you won't miss a single episode in the future, and uh, they're going to be downloaded to your device once you subscribe automatically, so make sure you subscribe to the podcast. The other thing is, if you want the show notes to the podcast with all the resources mentioned and links and other things that you can find on that website, renewingourcity.com forward slash 012 for episode 12. If you want to connect with me, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook with the hashtag, uh, not hashtag, handle at Pastor Matt Shaw, or you can email me at matt at renewingourcity.com. Hey, until next time, we want to equip you to share Jesus and serve others in your own neighborhood and around the world. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to the Renewing Our City podcast. For more info about the show, check out renewingourcity.com. And follow the show on Twitter at Renewing Our City and Facebook.com slash Renewing Our City. If you like the show, please rate and leave a review on iTunes or wherever you're listening to this podcast. And while you're there, hit subscribe so you don't have to miss a single episode in the future. We want to give a special thanks to John Smay Productions for producing the show. Now get out there and share Jesus and serve others in your own neighborhood and around the world.